welcome to Sage and Spirit, a podcast designed to nourish your mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Anna Claire Lottie, and I'm so grateful you're here. In this holistic wellness podcast, I'll be having candid conversations with others, exploring topics such as healing with plants, food as medicine, earth connection, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, and so much more. Thank you for being here and sharing in this journey with me. Hello and welcome back. I hope that this episode finds you well wherever you are. I actually have just completed a weekend here in town at the Asheville Herb Festival. I was one of the vendors there this weekend and really just had such a wonderful time. Uh, It was in a totally new location, but it was so great to see so many other plant people, to buy a whole bunch of new plants to put in my garden and to interact with people. I find a lot of times that vending at different herbal conferences and events is really enriching, mostly because of the conversations that I get to have with people that I see there and that come by my table or my booth. So I'm feeling really excited about that. And of course, I'm excited to share today's episode with you as well. Uh, Before I launch into that, just a quick reminder that all of the information contained within this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. And none of the information is intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illness or disease. I always highly recommend that you consult with a healthcare professional before you incorporate any new herbs, protocols, or other lifestyle changes. So with that being said, more about today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Elizabeth Carter of Honest Rituals. Elizabeth is a holistic esthetician, and she created Honest Rituals in the LA area in Topanga Canyon. And this is a beautiful studio that she has dreamed into being just for the natural woman seeking holistic beauty rituals. It's a space where people can learn how to heal their skin by using a mixture of plants, oils, and facial massage, nurturing the skin by simplifying the skincare products that you use and turning your beauty regime into a beauty ritual that truly nourishes the skin. These are all things that Elizabeth is really passionate about. She believes in rituals and that they can be as simple as cleansing the skin with luxurious oil, sipping on a cup of tea, lying underneath the full moon, or even burning a beeswax candle, symbolizing the letting go of negative emotions. We'll also talk a little bit more about beeswax candles and how they play an important part in Elizabeth's life and also in her daily rituals. Honest Rituals, Elizabeth's creation and studio is one of Topanga's only holistic skincare and sugaring studios. In her studio, Elizabeth provides unique healing and relaxing treatments that rejuvenate the skin from the inside out. She offers a contouring facial massage, which is a non-surgical treatment that helps to lift, tone, firm, and rebalance facial postures by using massage. So we talk a lot about this facial massage in our episode today, and she shares with us different ways that we can incorporate this on our own, um, just using our own two hands on our own faces. And we talk about massage as a way of really slowing down and being in the moment and taking that time to truly nourish ourselves and our skin and our overall well-being. We talk about different methods of skincare. We also talk about oil cleansing and how it might seem counterintuitive, but can be really amazing for overall health of the skin. We also launch into a little bit of the skin's microbiome. And I know that in other episodes, we've talked about the oral microbiome and the gut biome is obviously a huge topic that is pretty out there in the world right now. Um, But the skin microbiome is one that's not always talked about quite as much. And so we dive into that a little bit and how that can affect your skin. And also, Elizabeth introduces us to a very interesting type of facial massage that I've never heard of before, and it's called buccal massage. 
And I will let her explain later in the episode what that is all about, but I think you'll find it fascinating. I know I definitely did. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. I feel like there's a lot of really great information, really accessible ways to incorporate some of these practices into your own life right at home. And I hope that you learn a lot and enjoy the show. Hey, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me on. It's so great to have you here. And, you know, I think that it's one of those things where I don't really remember how I first learned about you, but I'm sure it was somewhere in the world of Instagram. And I think I was looking into holistic skincare, of course, and I came across some of your videos and I found them to be really helpful. And so I've really enjoyed following along with all the different practices that you offer, the different rituals. And I'd love to just dive right in and maybe rewind in time a little bit and hear a little bit about your story, where you're coming from and how you got interested in this field to begin with. Yeah, so it started started from when I was so young. Uh, I, I was raised up in the mountains. My parents bought 40 acres of raw land uh, when I was about five years, five years old and they built a huge, you know, one acre garden and built our house from the ground up. And uh, my mom and my my dad, they raised us all, my sister and brother, we were all raised pretty plant-based in our eating and everything we put on our skin, like it was all from the organic co-op. And (laughs) my mom would never take us to the doctors, you know, unless it was like really serious. I think I got stitches once, but it was always, you know, a home remedy. So if I had a fever, it would be a um, hot and cold bath. And, you know, if I had a sore throat, it'd be lemon water, cayenne, um, honey. So it was never, I was never raised in the traditional sense of, um, oh, just take ibuprofen or let's go get you to go to the hospital and see what's wrong, which I think that really grounded me and what I do at the moment and how I am through life. Um, I love to kind of do home remedies first and that transformed into skincare. So with skincare, I started off in a medical setting after I went to school and graduated with my aesthetic license. I went straight into working for a plastic surgeon and which is in the totally different direction of what I'm doing now. But it's what I wanted to go into at the time. I think you kind of crave what you don't have. You know, it's like I never got to experience that side of things. So I wanted to um, I wanted to work in that industry. And so I worked there for about a year. And I was just so, by the end of it, just so drained. I think it was my first real career job. And... I just started to feel like it wasn't lighting me up anymore, feeling drained going into work. And so I quit like out of nowhere. I mean, I gave my two weeks notice. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's just, I'm not feeling myself. And it was an industry that was very driven on, you know, product sales and, you know, getting women to purchase Botox and filler and um, just that whole spectrum. And it just didn't feel good to me to, kind of force that upon women, you know, if you want that and that's your own thing, that's amazing. But I don't ever want to tell someone who's laying on my treatment table, like you have wrinkles on your forehead, you need Botox. Like you can never do that. You're vulnerable enough being there and yet alone to have your esthetician tell you like your skin's not good enough. You need this, this, and this. It just didn't sit well with me. So, um, I took a year off of skincare, being an esthetician. I thought that was over. I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore because I don't like it. <laughs> but I didn't realize that holistic skincare was even a thing back then. I don't, it's so weird to me. I don't know why, even though I was raised that way. I guess it's because it's only now become more of a, more of a, I don't want to say trend, but more of people are being, their eyes are being open to what's wrong with, you know, their, the traditional way of taking care of the skin, how it's actually pretty damaging. So they're being more turned on to the natural ways and rituals to take care of your skin. So um, I took a year off and I 
after my year over, I found uh, a very cute, well done, holistic uh, little boutique spa. And so I started working for the owner, Leslie. She was amazing. She's such a good mentor. And just the whole way she did her business, everything was just so so well done and it gave me so much inspiration to be like oh this whole industry exists like this is amazing because it all came so natural to me because I was raised I was raised with that and so it's like I really didn't have to learn so much it was all already within me I just kind of had to direct my um direct my vision towards that way and then it's like almost like a channel was open and just like stuff would just like download through me I was like oh you know it just, even with facial massage, it was all very intuitive. And, um, I found, I found my, like my passion. I didn't think I was going to find my passion in skincare and I did. It was so, so beautiful. And you just feel, feel that feeling. Cause I'm someone who will before this, I mean, I still do, but I have all these ideas of what I want to do and what I want to be when I get older and like all these different career things I want to try. But to finally feel that something's really permanent and feels good and like I can be doing this my whole life, it feels very grounding and satisfying. So I'm so, so blessed to have this and to be doing this as my career at the moment. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It's really interesting because at this point in my life, I'm a practicing clinical herbalist, and it's kind of funny to look back about oh gosh, I don't even know how long it's been now, somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago after I graduated college, I actually worked for a pharmaceutical company. And there was a point in my life where I really, really wanted to be a pharmaceutical representative. And it never really worked out for me. And I kept kind of like beating myself up about it. And then I realized that it really wasn't where my passion was at all. My passion was in actually finding more sustainable and natural ways of supporting people through their health journey and through their wellness journey. So it's mm. kind of funny you started on like a similar path with like, well, let's explore what all these different options are. And then you kind of, you know, redirected and came back home in a way um, to what you already knew and, and knew to be true for you, you know, at least in, in what felt right in your world. So I, I love that. That's a really beautiful story. And um, I know today you're joining us from a marina in LA, right? You're in Marina Del Rey. Yes, that's where our sailboat is, but I'm actually in Topanga at the moment. Um, we've been here every day. We're doing a build out in the studio. So Bailey, my partner, thankfully, he's very handy. So he's been just building all the walls and um, doing the build out. So I'm in Topanga at the moment. But yes, our sailboat is in Marina Del Rey. Oh, wow. And so you've been up until recently, you've been living on your sailboat, both you and your partner, right in San Diego. And so now <laughs> you've, you're in the middle of transitioning back to the Topanga Canyon area outside of LA. And are you planning to still live on your sailboat there? Or are you guys doing something different now? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> living on a sailboat is very, um, well, in a small space in general, um, with a partner, it can have its trials. Right. So <laughs> looking to uh, move up here permanently, but um, we just had another business opportunity come our way. So we're kind of wanting to stay on the sailboat just to live as cheap as possible. So we can, we can do this business venture as well because it feels aligned. Um, but yes, we do <laughs> migrate our way off the sailboat soon. Um, we'll just see what, what comes in the future. Um, but yes, I definitely see myself being close and living up here in the mountains in Topanga. But it's so, the whole reason we bought our sailboat is exactly for this purpose, was to be able to live somewhere very cheap, but it's still our home and, and we own it. So it's very nice having that kind of like security um so it's actually coming into hand right now <laughs> which is good thing but yes eventually we will migrate off of her <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. It sounds really fun to me. And I'm sure that it also presents many challenges just being in a small space and one that's movable. Um, I actually have a degree in marine science. So there's something about living on a sailboat that feels really like exciting and adventurous. Um, but I could see how like maybe day in and day out that there would be, you know, some stuff that comes up, especially when you're sharing that space with someone. Um, but it still sounds very exciting and nice to have that, you know, it sounds really freeing that when you have things that come up that you can move around and you, you know, you're not locked into a lease somewhere or having to sell a space or something like that. So that sounds pretty yeah. awesome. And you're always near the water. So that's gotta be great. Right. <laughs> it's so relaxing on the water, even though Marina Del Rey is like right in the heart of LA. Um, but it's so quiet at nighttime. It's almost more quiet than the marina. It is more quiet than the marina in San Diego. And it's because you're on the water, you know, you don't have any other buildings so much around you. So you're just there on the ocean floating and you hear the seagulls and the noisy seals and just all of the marine wildlife. And there are so many moments where it's been so peaceful, such a treat um, that I'm so grateful for that we did we did decide to do that project two and a half years ago. Um, but yeah, if you're ever in LA and you want to, if you ever want to stay on a sailboat, just let me know. <laughs> I will take you up on that. That sounds amazing. Um, so I'd love to dive a little deeper into what you do with your, your business and your practice, Honest Rituals. Um, and so it, um, I've been following your account and I know that you offer facial massage and that you offer different skincare products. And so, especially as I, um, am going into, to my, I'm like getting ready to launch into my 40th year. And so hey. skincare has been something that I have suddenly in the past couple of years turned to and been like, oh, this is probably something I should pay more attention to. Um, I actually used to work in cosmetics and skincare back like kind of when I was in college. And so I was really into it at the time, but that was also coming from a different place. It was like a national line. And so I learned a lot, but it was all kind of based on the different ingredients and chemicals they were using. So I would love to hear more about what you incorporate into your practice and the different rituals that you consider to be maybe some of your top rituals for holistic skincare and maintaining that skincare. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned you worked for a, um, a cosmetic skincare company and how they were just focused on the ingredients and the chemicals in the product to transform your skin when really you know, our skin, what's coming up for us is usually from within. So what's appearing on our skin is usually, whether it's acne, it's usually stemming from an imbalance internal. So uh, skincare is amazing at, you know, treating topical, but it's not so much going to be the cure all. So it's really goes back to what you're doing internally, what you're eating, um, your mindset, your environment around you, you know, the water you're drinking, the quality of food you are eating, um, and your, how you deal with emotional stress, right? Because when that is the number one thing that, uh, prematurely ages us is being stressed out and not dealing with it properly because we hold those emotions in our muscle, in our muscles, specifically our facial, our neck and our shoulder muscles. So, um, when we don't deal with that, it just gets stored there. So, you know, we'll be making a frowning face um, sometimes throughout the entire day, but not realize it because we're stressed or there's a, there's a tension we're holding on to. Um, and that prematurely ages our skin because our muscles start to memorize those facial movements. So they'll naturally go in that direction. Um, I got I'm sure you've experienced having a stressful day and you're like, wow, where did all these lines come from in between my brows? Or oh, yes. <laughs> where do you hold it? And it's amazing because those can be reversed so easily with, um, with allowing yourself and your mind and your body to relax and releasing that stress. But it's hard to, it's hard to initiate that by yourself. So that's why facial massage is so healing because you typically, like my clients will come and, you know, it's a whole, yes, I'm working on your skin, but it's also much deeper than that. I'm allowing your body to go and 
triggering your parasympathetic nervous system to relax. And when that is triggered to relax, your body's able to repair itself, um, your skin, your internal body. And so it's almost as if it's like they go into a trance, their mind just is able to relax and I'm able to move out those, move out what they're holding on to, whether it's you know, emotional stress, tension, anxiety, um, sadness, depression, you know, we hold that in our body. So after a session, you know, sometimes it's like, depending on how much they were holding on to, it can look like, you know, they look like five years younger. Or they look like they had a facelift because it's like an emotional burden got released. So um, it's, it's a pretty powerful session and it's, it's, I love doing it. I love, it's almost like there's this, it's like a, they say like when I'm done and they exit the room, they're like, wow, that feels like it was just like in a trance. Like I was just able to relax and release. And that's my sole intention is for someone just to be able to get to that mindset because nowadays we're so in our head, we're so stressed. We're so looking um, like two days ahead. We're not in the moment. So to get to create a space where someone can just decompress is really, it's really rewarding. It feels good. And it, I love, that's what I'm meant to do. That feels really good offering that. That sounds so beautiful. And I agree. I think it's so important to have something that we can look forward to or have some sort of rituals that we bring into our lives to allow this space for healing and and for just being and and knowing who we are, because so many times, like you said, we're we're stuck in our heads and we're thinking about all the things on our to-do list. And that can feel really overwhelming at times. And I know with clients that I've worked with, um, you know, there are so many health concerns that arise from high stress situations from people. And, and it's funny too, because a lot of times people will be like, well, yeah, I don't really think that my stress levels are that high, but then the further we go into our discussion, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, yeah. And then I, you know, I have six kids, I've got to deal with them. My husband works all the time and he travels and there's this and there's that. And it's like, are you, are you sure? You know, sometimes there's a level of stress that becomes almost so normal that we don't recognize it to be, you know, something that causes different stresses in our lives. Um, and so I think it's, it's definitely really important to find ways to let go of some of this stress on a daily basis, even if it's just taking a few minutes out of each day to, to have quiet or to have time to yourself. And um, I have actually never experienced a facial massage myself. So that is definitely on my list now. Um, but even just watching your videos and there are some videos of other practitioners and like lymphatic practitioners online that I've watched some of their videos. And I really feel like I've learned a lot just in those little clips that, that you all share. Um, and every time I do my own facial massage, I feel this interesting combination of invigoration and relaxation sort of at the same time where I feel like my face kind of perks up, um, but, but I'm able to relax into more of that, you know, calm state. So I can only imagine being at the hands of someone who's really skilled in this practice that your clients would have that sort of experience where they feel like they've been in this trance in this place where they can really let go of all of their daily concerns and just be present in the moment as they are. Um, so that sounds so beautiful and so healing. And um, I know something that is really important and starting to become a little bit more talked about these days is the skin microbiome. And it it's definitely, from what I can tell, still sort of not as prominent as the conversations around the gut biome or in a recent podcast, I actually talked with a couple of ladies about the oral microbiome. So our skin also has its own microbiome. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that if you want to share some. Yeah, so it's it's one of the most important things when you are going through issues with your skin, whether it's acne, uh, dryness, being too oily, uh, texture issues, you know, all kind of comes back down to your microbiome is unbalanced, not all the time, but that's generally the biggest reason. Um, so 
Rebalancing the skin's microbiome is one of the first steps I guide people when their skin is having flare-ups. So your skin's microbiome is this beautiful ecosystem full of living bacteria. So you have good bacteria and you have bad bacteria. And um, when there is a shift in that balance, that's when your skin starts to show symptoms and your skin's a beautiful announcer saying, Hey, something's wrong with me. <laughs> Pay attention, you know, cause you can externally see it. it's not internal. Like oh, I have a bellyache, but I can't see it. So it'll go away. Your skin's like, Nope, I'm here. You can see me. <laughs> so the skin's microbiome, uh, it gets damaged and usually at an early age, sometimes even at birth, you know, a lot of a cesarean, um, babies are, tend to have eczema, tend to have uh, psoriasis and redness, just more sensitive skin. And it's because they're not, they weren't coated in their mother's vaginal microbiome upon birth. And so that can sometimes set them up for being predisposed, I can't say that word, predisposed <laughs> for a certain skin um, ailments. So that's one of the reasons. And then, you know, when we are around our teenage years and we're getting our first pimple, we run to the drugstore and um, pick out Clearasil or uh, Neutrogena or gosh, benzoyl peroxide. And, you know, we've all been done, we've all done that, been there. I've done it before I was esthetician, even while I was esthetician, before I realized what was bad about it. And um, so those products, you know, they're full of chemicals, binders, surfactants. And when we wash our skin daily with a cleanser, that's stripping, meaning it's stripping our skin of its natural oils. Uh, we are constantly stripping our skin's microbiome. So our skin's always trying to rebuild it. So that's a lot of times why people become very oily. It's because they're overstripping their skin's microbiome. They're not leaving any moisture behind. They're not leaving any oil behind. So your skin's producing more and more because it's like, well, I don't have any, so I need to produce more. Um, and so what it comes down to is rebalancing that microbiome. And um, the best thing for that is to start off by oil cleansing. So introducing oil as a cleanser is very hard sometimes for people to wrap that around. They're like, wait, I'm supposed to use oil on my skin. Um, and so it's all goes back to uh, using the best quality, the highest quality, purest quality of ingredients on your skin when it comes to oils, oils that are meant for your skin. Um, when you are using oil, you want to make sure it's not, uh, doesn't have a large molecule, meaning it's comedogenic. So that means that it just sits on the skin. It doesn't get absorbed. And that's when you get clogged pores. So coconut oil is like the biggest one for clogged pores. Um, Fractionated coconut oil is different. It's been split down to a smaller molecule, so it can be absorbed, but just like plain coconut oil, not good for the skin. I mean, use it on your hair, use it on your feet, <laughs> not on the skin. Um, so you want to make sure you're using a high quality oil. Um, that's the biggest thing. If people have tried oil cleansing, it doesn't work for them. Sometimes it's because they used the wrong oil. They could have used the oil that was rancid upon use. Um, so you want to make sure you're using the highest grade. And I use all of Living Libation products because her products are just phenomenal. The way she sources, the way she formulates, um, the quality that's put into it. It's just incredible. So I, it's the one line I truly trust um, with my full heart. So I use that line. They have a range of beautiful oil cleansers. Um, and so when we start to rebuild the skin's microbiome, it starts to come back into balance. You know, our skin starts to be less red, um, less sensitive. And sometimes it can be as quick as, you know, a week, sometimes a couple months. It just depends on the level of damage your skin, um, your skin, what you've done to your skin by using the wrong products. And, you know, traditional cleansers, they have surfactants in them. And surfactants actually stay on the skin and they just they just build up so they kind of like burrow into your skin and they don't really ever leave so most cleansers have those in it and that can cause premature aging as well that can cause redness irritation um just a heap of problems so you want to make sure you balance the skin's microbiome and that can not all the time but the most of the time can clear up 
a lot of skin problems you may be experiencing. It's so interesting because I know the first time I heard about oil cleansing, I was definitely in that camp where I was like, this seems really counterintuitive for people who feel like they have oily skin to then put more oil. Um, but once I learned more about it, what you say, it makes so much sense that your skin sort of overcompensates when it gets super dried out or stripped of those natural oils, it starts to produce more and more and more. So it's kind of like this never ending cycle, right? And so you have to kind of get there in the middle of it and, and undo what's been done and, and start to nourish the skin more than like get rid of all the stuff that you think is wrong with it. Um, because like you said, it, it's kind of, in some ways it's, you know, it's part of our body and it's got its own intelligence and it has these different ways of keeping itself healthy. Um, but we like to get in there and mess with things and introduce all these products. And sometimes that may or may not be the, the best thing. Right. So, um, it's really interesting to what you say about coconut oil, um, because my husband loves to use coconut oil on his skin and he's always trying to get me to use it. And I'm like, no, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel right on my face. And I didn't know what you were just saying about it, about how coconut oil actually is comedogenic. Um, so now I've got like this ammunition to take back to him and be like, see, this is why I don't use coconut oil. I mean, I love coconut oil for so many things. I cook with coconut oil and, um, you know, I, I use it for so many different things, but I've never, it's never really felt right. Like actually using it on my face. It just feels like it kind of sits there and it never really absorbs and I feel greasy. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to hear that. And you're like, ha, take that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I was definitely that person like in my teenage years too, where, you know, I was doing like all the benzoyl peroxide, like scrubbing pads and, you know, the masks and the, you know, all the different chemical products thinking I had to like strip my skin of everything that was wrong with it. Um, and now as, as I'm aging and getting into, you know, like I said, almost into my forties now, um, I'm, I'm really noticing that it's really more about nourishing rather than, you know, taking away. It's really about adding in that way. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well said. Um, and honestly too, it's your skin can take care of itself given the right environment. So a lot of times when I go camping or I'm just like not around, you know, all my things, my skin actually kind of starts to thrive. <laughs> like the less product, you know, the better your skin starts to be once the microbiome is balanced. So once that balance happens, you can kind of cut away from using all the things. Um, I'm all about simplifying your skincare. I'm not about a six step skin routine. I'm like, I don't have time for that. It's just, it's never been appealing. I'm like, why do you need to put that many products on your skin? It just doesn't make sense. So, you know, once your skin, once your microbiome is balanced, you know, your skin can kind of take care of itself given to that, you know, you're eating, um, you know, the best quality of foods that are right for your body. You're living in an environment that's healthy. You know, the air is healthy. The water you're drinking has minerals in it. It's not depleted, you know, so there's a lot of factors that go into our skin health. It's just not one thing, but, you know, this one thing can really make an impact on, you know, healing your skin. I think that's such a good point too, because a lot of people just want that magic bullet, right? They want to know the one product that's just going to make them glow from within and, and see that glow on the outside. And it doesn't always really work that way. It really is this multifaceted sort of thing. And um, I would love to hear a little bit about some of your favorite practices or rituals that, that you incorporate maybe in just to your own life um, that maybe other people could start to look into and do for themselves. Oh gosh, yes, I love rituals. I feel like they kept me during a very turbulent time in my life. I was like, okay, but I have this ritual to look forward to. And <laughs> during that time, you know, I'm present, I'm here. And, you know, that's what a ritual is. It can be really anything, but with intention behind it, you know. Um, so some of my favorite ones to do with skincare are facial massage. Uh, Usually while I'm oil cleansing, I'll give myself a facial massage. And it just really starts to slow. Say I'm doing it at the end of the day. It just really starts to slow down my busy mind because I'm moving slowly. Um, and it just brings presence back to myself and my mind. I'm like, I'm here I'm cleansing my skin. I'm 
massaging it, you know, and you start to feel it's very intuitive facial massage. You know, once you're touching your face, you can feel where you're holding tension. So, you know, it could be your jaw because you've been clenching that day or that night, could be your forehead because you've had your serious focused brows on all day, you know, so you start to pick up all these little clues and you're like, okay, um, it's also an emotional release. So you can release that stress. You know, whenever I do a, I call them a ocular massage and you make these circles, like almost like a figure eight around each of your eyes and you just go back and forth and doing that just instantly calms down your nervous system and releases, uh, stress, like anything you're just, your mind feels heavy. Um, that's my favorite massage to do. And then, I love just simple rituals. Like you don't need to be fancy about them. Just making a cup of tea, your favorite herbs, you know, brewing them and just being present, like smelling them, um, pouring the water, you know, pouring the water with intention. Like how do you, how do I want to feel during this cup of tea? What do I want to release as an act of being present with this tea? Um, it's another beautiful ritual. I love, I make beeswax candles as well. So that's a full ritual for me, but also the act of lighting and burning a beeswax candle. Um, that's what inspired honest rituals way back when. Um, and so that's a, that's probably one of my favorite rituals is just the act of burning a beeswax candle, any candle in general, but beeswax has a higher frequency and is a more pure form of wax and has been used, you know, since, eons ago back in Egyptian times you know it's the oldest form of light it's burning beeswax and um so it kind of connects you to ancestral roots and it's a beautiful act of just you know striking a match lighting the flame and just being present so I like to I like to do a little candle meditation on a full moon or new moon um and those are great times to release release and call in um what you want to manifest. So full moons, I always call in what I want to manifest on a full moon. It just works that way for me. And then on, on a new moon, you know, it's a time for me to release anything that's no longer serving me, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical. Um, and each, usually each time I will light these wax candle during that time, kind of signifying that release. Um, or if you want to write a little list of what you want to release and then put that piece of paper on the flame and let it burn in a glass jar. That's a beautiful, another way of like seeing you just shed layers and then visually seeing it burn. Um, so I love doing that as well, but rituals, I always stress to people like rituals are simple. Don't make them complicated. You don't need the ritual kits or anything like just even just laying in the sun and just being present there and absorbing the healing rays um, and the medicinal qualities of the sun. I think just being very simple with your rituals is best. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like too, when you, when you're able to keep it simple, you're able to be more consistent with that practice too, because if you get all in your head about it and everything feels complicated, then it, it may be that you're less likely to actually go through with it. Um, whereas when it's simple and it's like, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes out of my day to make and drink this tea and just sit with myself and maybe journal or just have quiet time. And I love the thought too of burning the beeswax candles. And there's something that's just so nice and natural about working with beeswax and the, the scent of it is so rich. And um, no, there's something really invoking about it in my experience, but it's also just very calming and beautiful. And I, you know, the more that I learn about all the different products out there and the candles that come, all the different waxes and the fragrances, I've become so sensitive to a lot of things that have chemical fragrances added. You know, I can't, I can't really handle like the detergents and the, <laughs> the sprays and the candles that are overwhelming with their fragrance. You know, I really have gotten to a place in my life where I've, I've tried to keep things simple and as natural as possible. And I feel like once you kind of get to that phase and you notice, you notice a lot more, the things that are outside of that kind of natural scent realm, if you know what I mean, um, um and they, they can be really overwhelming sometimes. When did you, uh, 
start to develop sensitive sensitivities to smell and fragrances? Oh gosh. I mean, I think it's been a number of years now. Um, I maybe like 10 years, 10 years ago or something like that. Um, and I don't, I don't always have like really strong responses to them, but my body like reacts in this way where it's like, that's just not for, it's not for me at this point, you know, like I really appreciate either unscented, unscented things or things that have natural, you know, like small amounts of essential oils, or I work with a lot of herbs. So I will infuse herbs into oils and not even use essential oils sometimes, because sometimes, you know, if you take something like a rose and you infuse that into an oil, that, that aroma and those essential oils get carried through into the carrier oil. And so, yeah. you know, it, a lot of times you don't actually need all of the extra stuff that's added a lot of times, you know, but we're just, I think a lot of us are just so used to these really strong aroma Ford products. Um, but when you kind of unlearn that, it's like my nose is trained, you know, at this point to kind of like find, find something a little different. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. You said that. So I've been on the hunt. I have a good chapstick, but I've been, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it, but I want to bring like one that has cute packaging <laughs> into the studio oh, packaging's everything but I couldn't I've not been able to find one and so I'm in this boutique the other day and I'm like oh this is such cute packaging I read the ingredients it's organic and I'm tiny print and I'm kind of like rushing through it because I don't have the most time I'm like okay good nothing's in it like no fragrance nothing <laughs> so I buy it I put it on and I'm like I'm like no, there's something in here. Like as soon as I put it on and I read the ingredients slower and it's like the fourth ingredients to the last one and it says perfume and I'm just like, oh, why? <laughs> but I was like instantly sniff it out. And it's just for anyone listening, you know, if you want to read your ingredients, it's everything. And it's usually, you know, towards the last ingredients, um, towards the list is where you'll see like the fragrances the perfumes um stay away from those those are not good they're not natural if it's natural it, it will usually have the full flower name or it will say like an essential oil uh but yeah when it says perfume or natural fragrance it's like eh, no you know i don't trust that and that goes back to you know me creating beeswax candles is because i couldn't I could never burn the normal traditional candles because it's just so strong and I would get a headache. And so um, I'd always be buying beeswax. And one day my partner was like, why don't you just start making them? And so I did. I was like, okay, yeah, why don't I? But yeah, once you develop that sensitivity palette, um, it's like you can sniff anything out. You're like, nope, that's synthetic. <laughs> I can't use this. Yeah. You get so honed in on that, that it just kind of like, it, it's that much more, you're that much more aware of it. And so like the first sniff and you're like, nope, turn in the other direction. <laughs> Gosh. Your candles are so beautiful too. I actually purchased one of um, your candles. That's like the goddess shape. I actually gifted that to one of my friends last year for her birthday. And we were, we had both been talking a lot about body image and how, as we age, you know, we have all these different sorts of ideas of where we're supposed to be versus where we are. And so we were really talking a lot about positive body image and how to short sort of shift our perspectives to, to invite that more into our lives. And, um, so I saw that you had posted about those candles and they were just so beautiful with this woman's, um, body like figure. And so I gifted that to her for her birthday. And I was like, you can put this on your altar as a reminder that no matter what you're beautiful and you're embodied. And, and so I love that you offer that and that it's, that it's in, you know, kind of intertwined within your practice that, with all these holistic modalities, there's never just one thing. You don't just do facial massage. You don't just drink your teas. You don't just eat clean. You know, it's really about learning about all the different tools that we can incorporate into our lives to, to really feel more whole and, and to take care of ourselves and, and to be confident in that. Um, and so I know I recently saw a post of yours on something that I had never heard of before. 
And this was the buccal massage. And um, so your video that you posted for anyone who isn't aware of this terminology, and I will definitely have you explain it more because I do not know much about it. <laughs> um, but basically it looks like you were actually going in someone's mouth and massaging the tissues sort of like in, in the gums and in the, in the inner cheeks. I would love to hear more about this if you, um, you want to enlighten us. Yeah. So it's a beautiful uh, facial technique and it starts, it focuses on the facial muscles uh, surrounding the mouth and the inner mouth. So you know, we start by, I start by massaging um, around the cheeks, the lips, and then I'll move, I'll put on gloves and move into the mouth. And what that does is it allows me to access facial muscles that I wouldn't be able to access internally. and it's very uh, sculpting. Um, so a lot of times as we our skin ages, it tends to get saggy around the jowls. Um, it's a normal thing. We all age. But if you want to, you know, have a natural way to uh, tone, lift, rejuvenate that area, it's a beautiful um, massage that naturally does it. And it's so relaxing. It, you don't think it because you're like, oh, someone's fingers are in my mouth and you're getting massaged. But it's it's really I think it's because you touch muscles that have really have never been massaged. And the release that happens from it is is amazing. And um, it's naturally defined. So if you know if you're thinking about doing fillers because you want your cheekbones to be more sculpted or fillers in your lips because you want them to be more plump. Um, but you're on the fence and you might want to try a natural, natural alternative before that, do a buccal massage or find a practitioner around you that offers it. Um, there are some, it's not, not very popular, but sometimes there, there may be one in your area. Um, but it's a great natural alternative to fillers, um, and lifting that region. And it can be a, a very, um, self-conscious area for women, especially, you know, women in their fifties, sixties, it's, it's when you really can start to notice it. So it's beautiful to offer that and have them experience it and, and have it to be relaxing. Whereas, you know, filler, you know, it's a bit traumatic. You're getting a needle pushed into your skin and substance filled in and that doesn't feel good to you. It's a beautiful alternative to that. And you can do it to yourself as well. Um, I'm sure YouTube has heaps of videos. I'm actually going to post a video soon on Instagram showing, you know, how to do it to yourself. But what you do is you just put a uh, glove on and you can massage the inner parts in your mouth as well. And you just be very gentle with that skin because it is delicate skin. But what happens is uh, a lot of times we get fluid retention in that area and that blocks your lymphatic fluid from moving, uh, it blocks the energy from flowing, the blood from circulating. So your, your complexion becomes dull, it can become a saggy skin. Just there's so many things that come from having blocked, blocked energy and the facial muscles, I mean, your body entirely, but we're focusing on the facial muscles. And so when you remove that, uh, it's incredible, the release, the way you feel after you, your cheeks almost feel kind of tingly it's a good feeling um and it also releases you know your jaw so if you have tmj if you clench if you grind your teeth it's such a powerful release um, on those muscles and it's amazing because you get used to if you've clenched your jaw you get used to that feeling you don't realize how much tension you're actually holding because your jaw bone is one of the strongest muscles in the human body and so we're able to add a lot of force without knowing it and when you get that muscle released it's almost like your jaw feels like it's floating. You're like, Whoa, this is what it feels like to not be carrying tension in my jaw. So it's, it's just a beautiful massage technique. And it, it just like transforms. I do it at the end of the facial contouring massage. And some people don't expect it. Or some people are like kind of dozing off sleeping. I'm like, I'm going to go in your mouth now. <laughs> but it, it, after each time, they're just like, wow, what was that? It's just because they've never experienced before and the release that happens is so um so massive so yeah the beautiful massage it's a beautiful modality 
It sounds so interesting to me. And just, yeah, seeing, seeing the video, I was like, okay, I have to learn more about this. And it's interesting too, that, you know, such a good point that you mentioned that these muscles more than likely have never been touched before, have never been worked with or released in this way. And so no doubt they're, they're holding on to a lot of tension and it's only been really in recent years that I've noticed how I hold tension in my face. And I've always been really aware of the tension that I hold like in my neck and my shoulders. Um, but I, I tend to be a very expressive person. And, you know, it's always like that thing when you're young, where your mom's like, don't make that face. It's going to yeah. stay. And you're like, okay, what kind of nonsense is that? And then you get older and you're like, oh my gosh, she was right. Because I <laughs> I keep making this face and it's just staying, you know, like, I, you know, you notice the frown lines or the, the happy lines or um, the furrowed brow, you know, like that's a lot of what I notice in myself. And it's like this inquisitive nature, but then it, it plays out on my face and, and has this physical manifestation. Um, so I think it's a really important consideration and just another way to tune in with ourselves and to check in and see where we are and what we're feeling on an emotional level, where our stress levels are and how, again, we can find ways to, to work with that and to release that stress and to let go of all the things that we're storing in ways that we're oftentimes not even really aware of. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. And our mouth, we use it every day. It's, you know, the, one of the most active facial muscles in our, on our face and it really never gets released. So I think that plays a big part in it too. Yeah. that And, and it really makes a lot of sense. And it's honestly something I would have never even considered had I not seen that video, you know, and I didn't even know that that existed. So um, I feel I feel enlightened and it's definitely something that I'm adding to my list of what I want to experience. Um, so I just wonder, uh, before we wrap up today, if you have any sort of tips for people who holistic skincare is maybe a new concept to them, um, if you have any tips or recommendations for how they can get started and just maintaining their skin and their microbiome in a more healthy and holistic way. Yeah, so the first biggest, the biggest one is um, when you do go into holistic skincare, back to going, going back to um, making sure it's the best quality organic ingredients because it gets a it gets, holistic skincare gets sometimes a bad rap, like, oh, it doesn't work, or it made me break out, or et cetera. Um, you know, it's been such a trend as of what the past four years and so many four to five years and so many brands are moving that way and which is amazing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the ingredients are holding their integrity. And so a lot of times they're just formulated with not much um, quality behind it. So you want to make sure you are sourcing and using, you know, the highest grade quality products you can afford. So, um, you know, you goes back to like, you know, what you put in your body, you don't want to be putting uh, processed foods and, you know, low grade products. Same goes for skincare. You want to be using the highest quality products on your skin. So that's the biggest thing. Um, and then, you know, keeping it simple, starting off with oil cleansing, you know, adding in a hydrosol. Um, uh, one of the biggest things is in the beauty industry is like exfoliate, exfoliate, exfoliate. And I'm like, no, hold up. <laughs> Exfoliation's good, but a lot of times, you know, it's just stripping and stripping and stripping our microbiome. So, um, you know, maybe backing off on exfoliation, if you're a heavy exfoliator, that can a lot of times uh, rebalance your microbiome as well. Um, I love exfoliating, but with the right product. So either like a facial dry brush or, uh, pearl powder is a beautiful, um, beautiful ingredient to exfoliate with. And it's been, it's been a beauty ingredient for centuries, uh, like China, Egypt, Cleopatra, um, what was one of her beauty rituals, uh, using pearl powder on the skin. It's also good to ingest internally as well. Um, and just keeping it simple, you know, getting sunshine. I think that's another huge misconception. We're all scared of the sun. And, um, I think there's just been misinformation about it and 
you know, I love to get the morning sun or the evening sun. So morning sun from, you know, 7, 7 a.m. to like 11 a.m. Sometimes that's pushing it, but I'll typically wear a big hat. Sometimes I'll get it on my face, but just letting your naked body absorb the healing medicinal benefits from the sun and it's free um and being cautious too of your ethnicity you know there's a northern european living in sunny san diego you know be cautious you know start out by just like doing five minutes in the sun and then 10 minutes and then 15. don't bake yourself on the beach for an hour because <laughs> you will get a sunburn um but being in the sun with no spf um but in the morning you know in the morning in the gentle hours of the sun or in the evening, the dim hours of the sun. So that's a beautiful way to naturally get a glow, a healthy tan, um, not a burn. And I love doing that. That's one of my favorites. Um, being cautious though, if you are using any ingredients in your skin that might be uh, make your skin more sun sensitized. So be guarding your skin on your face, but you know, letting the rest of your body get the sun. Um, Gosh, what else? Being mindful too of what you're eating. That's uh, one of the big, one of the biggest things as well is what you're putting into your body. Um, cutting out processed foods as much as possible, what feels good to you. Adding in whole living foods, water, um, drinking water that's full of minerals. A lot of our water has just been depleted. So it's been filtered and it has everything taken out of it, but there's nothing put back into it. So it almost... I don't know if you ever drink in water and you just feel dehydrated after you're like that didn't really hydrate me i feel kind of more dehydrated so you know try and getting it from a spring source or um alkaline water is better than you know other water but it's still been gone through reverse osmosis which takes everything out which is good to like shower in and wash dishes in but to be drinking in you know you want living water water that has living minerals in it that's what you know nourishes your body and your skin um so water is another huge one and just keeping it simple. I think that's my biggest thing is it's simple. If it's not simple, I'm like, I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sure that's a relief for some people too, because there is so much information out there where people are going through these like 14 step beauty rituals. And it's just like, who actually has time for all that and and also just the expenditure involved and so you know just knowing that it's there's nothing wrong with keeping it simple and that oftentimes that actually ends up being a huge benefit and again it's something that people will end up doing more because it's simple um so yeah proper hydration and eating the right foods and um, you know, just the water that we are drinking and having the minerals. And, and if people don't, you know, a lot of people are drinking city water. And so they can either buy spring water or get like trace mineral drops to add to their water, just something so that, so that again, like you said, they're not just getting this water that's been depleted of everything living or, or all minerals. Um, so before we close today, I would like to share with people if they do want to learn more about your services the different offerings that you have what's a good place for them to find you in the world mm, well if you happen to be in the la area um topanga i have my studio i'm just building out it'll probably be open by the time this airs hopefully <laughs> so that will be open um I'll be offering facial contouring, massage, sugaring, which is uh, organic hair removal and uh, selling products and other functionalities as well. And then um, uh, virtually Instagram, it's just honest.rituals. Um, online, it's honestrituals.com. And I think that's all I have for now. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And and again, like I just want to let listeners know that you share so many wonderful videos. I mean, I feel like you're sharing at least a few times a week and your videos are all they're relaxing just to watch because you can see that you're in a relaxed space like as you're going through those um, those, you know, actions and the massage nature of everything. Um, and definitely, I think that's a really great way for people to tune in if they're not able to come visit you in person or until they're able to do that. Um, so I will definitely make sure that we have those links in the show notes. 
And I just have one more question for you today. And this is one that I just kind of spring on at the end of things. And that is what is nourishing you right now on any level? It can be physical, emotional, spiritual, just what feels really nourishing to you in this moment? Uh, what's nourishing me right now is what I'm doing, what I'm creating at the moment. And it kind of coincided with spring, um, the energy of springs about creation, rebirth, fertility, and this kind of just aligned like, okay, I'm, I'm reopening my studio, I'm building it out. Um, and so it's been really, it's like a natural energy for me. I get so excited about what I'm creating and it just kind of fuels me up and throughout the day. And so that's oddly enough been nourishing me, even though it should seem a little maybe stressful or daunting, but been really I think I've just been cocooning you know this past year and I'm just so ready to create and so I have all this pent-up energy like yes let's, let's do this let's create this let's like create my dreams that I've had in my head for so long and to physically see it being built in front of my eyes it's it takes a little bit for it to sink in like <laughs> Bailey my partner was like are you excited I'm like I'm excited but like I feel like I'm not I haven't it hasn't fully sunk in so it's been really amazing to watch that process and yeah it's been nourishing me maybe ask me that in a month and i'll be like no more <laughs> <laughs> no i love that and you know just the fact that you have this drive behind it and that it is your passion and that it's something that you feel is your calling in some way you know that um in the work that you're doing in the world and i think that i'm kind of the same way where like something really big will happen in my life and i don't I don't fully feel the excitement for like sometimes weeks. Like it really takes me a minute to process it for it to, to really feel real in my world. Right. Like, I think I was telling you before we started recording that we just bought our first home here in the mountains of North Carolina. And the first day my husband and I looked at each other after closing and we were like, shouldn't we feel more excited right now? You know, but it was like, we were just coming out from this landlord situation and from having someone else living on the land. And so it, it just really hadn't settled in yet. And now we're a few weeks out from that process. And we're like, oh my gosh, we'll wake up in the morning. We go out and we have our coffee on the deck and we're like, holy crap, this place is like, this is our place, you know? And so it's slowly starting to sink in. So I can totally, um, you know, empathize with you on that level. It's like sometimes when when you're in the middle of something that's really big, that feels really special and important to you, it can it can take a minute to really set in as your reality. Um, but just the fact that you keep going with it and you've got that drive and that passion, I think it's a really beautiful thing and that it conveys out into the world and other people pick up on that and, and they'll be drawn to it, you know, the people who it's, it's in their path at the moment. And it's a frequency and it vibrates at such a higher frequency. I feel like when you're excited about something, it just genuinely rubs off, rubs off on other people. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. And else that you said that you're experiencing that as well, like it hasn't sunk in yet. I'm like, shouldn't I be more excited? And I, um, but it was like, it took, it took a moment. I'm like, okay, we're here. We're doing this. All right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> And, you know, you said you're still like building walls and everything too. So I'm sure that once your, your studio is like completely built out and you're sitting in there and you've got your first client back in your new space, it'll be a totally different feeling than where you are now. <laughs> right. When I'm in a session, the lights are dimmed and there's candles going and the music playing, then I'm like, okay, yes, this is <laughs> we're here now, not like nails and screws and ladders. I'm like, ah, oh. right. The sound of screwdrivers and just like constant. Awesome. <laughs> constant doing of things. Yeah, that'll be a, a, a complete transformation. I have no doubt. And I will make sure to be in touch with you. Um, next time I make my way out to the LA area, I'd love to come see your space and maybe check out your sailboat if it's around. Yeah, I would love that. What's, um? I'm curious, what's nourishing you at the moment? Ooh, um, well, you know, I am here again in the mountains of North Carolina and spring is finally happening. And it's been a really big winter for hibernation for me. Um, I've kind of let go of a lot of things, a lot of other projects I was working on and started to incorporate new projects into my life with this new house and with this new podcast and all these different things. And so 
I think that right now I'm really feeling nourished by all, all that's green around me, the, the new growth of life. Like I'm sitting here in our sort of guest house renovated barn space. And I'm looking out on these beautiful apple tree blossoms that smell just like roses. And I've got the Creek in front of me and all of that just feels really nourishing. And, and so I guess for me, it's, it's just being in nature and being able to, to get outside again and be in the sun and, and just be in this new energy of life. That's just emanating from the planet right now. Mm, that's so beautiful. I feel that too. Southern California is a little drier. <laughs> yeah, we're technically in a rainforest, but <laughs> yeah, there's spring around and there's flowers popping up and it's just, it's, it's so you just feel alive and like things, anything's possible. So I'm going to have to as well. That sounds absolutely dreamy where you're at. Yeah. Come visit anytime. We'd we'll do a house. Show you around. I love it. <laughs> what a great idea. We'll do the sailboat for a week. You guys come and stay in the barn here. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Sounds like a great trade. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for, for being here today and mm-hmm. for sharing your story and for sharing the different rituals that you incorporate into your life and into your practice. And I'll make sure to share all of your great information with everyone. I highly encourage them to check out your Instagram and to learn more. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. This was so fun. So it was such a good pause. I was in the middle of building walls with my friend. I'm like, okay, I got to go do a podcast. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I feel like grounded again. So thank you. This was really lovely. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad it could be a nice little respite for your day. It was. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sage and Spirit. You can download more episodes and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Google Podcasts. For more show notes and guest information, visit DancingSageWellness.com. Until next time, take care and be well.